Today's episode is brought to you by Mazars. Sound Cartel. From Sound Cartel, I'm Nicole Goodman, and this is Business Essentials Daily. High-performing teams, we all want them in our business, but they're challenging to build. So where does a leader start? How about a framework of disciplines? It could be the difference between a team that's floundering and one that's flourishing. Leadership coach Bernard DeSmit has helped some of Australia's leading companies build collaborative and successful teams. He's also author of Team Better Together, Five Disciplines of High-Performing Teams. Bernard explains shortly that cohesive teams are made up of individuals who take control of themselves and each other. First, he tells Chris Ashmore why a great team culture is important. A culture of teamwork is the most competitive advantage any organisation, irrespective of size, can have. If we think about it, the culture of teamwork is the only thing a competitor can't copy. So this is a significant investment of time and effort and dollar, but it is a culture of teamwork of relevance irrespective of size and nature of business. And that's a perspective I invite all entrepreneurs, owners, CEOs, MDs to hold. Well, if what you say is right, that uh, high-performing teams are so powerful for a business or for an organisation, why then are they so rare? Teams rise and fall on the quality of their working relationships. Relationships precede results. So to get a better result, we first got to shift the relationship. So, I mean, there are three essential reasons why high-performing teams are rare. The first is the level of trust, which is invariably in more cases the single biggest hindrance and obstacle where team members are not prepared to be vulnerable with one another, They fear being in conflict. More is unspoken than spoken. Fear looking and asking for help or admitting to mistakes. So low levels of trust is the surest indicator for dysfunctional or floundering teams. Where there's low trust, team members don't feel safe to speak their truth. So engage in, in what I call cordial hypocrisy, where they say what they feel the other wants to hear. And, you know, when it's not safe, conflict, challenge and criticism are seen as destructive elements, but they're essential for flourishing teams. And I guess where there's low trust and low levels of safety, there's misalignment to the team's collective goals. So in that sense, it's the reason why they are rare. Mm. Bernard, in your book, you discuss five disciplines to be an effective team. Can you walk us through those? Sure. So the first discipline, and in the work I do with teams, this is the sequence we follow. It's quite deliberate. The sequence we follow in the transitioning to become more high-performing. And the first discipline is what I call the discipline to discover. And we're discovering the mandate the team stakeholders have commissioned them with. Teams exist to be in service of their stakeholders. So 
the discovery of the mandate is a mandate that's known, not assumed. And three very simple questions. What do the stakeholders appreciate about the team? What do they find difficult in their relationship with the team? And what are they looking for the team to change? And Chris, I never failed to be amazed how few teams know the mandate. Invariably, it's an assumed one. So that's the first discipline. Then we move into what I call the second discipline is the discipline to declare and declare our purpose, the reason we've come into existence. What's the cause we serve greater than ourselves? Let me give you a very practical example. I'm working with an executive team and at the outset of our journey, they were absolutely convinced and you know we talked through the purpose and they unanimously said our purpose is to achieve our strategic objectives. I said, well, well no, no, I didn't ask you what you do, I asked you why you do it. And over a period of time, they came to discover their purposes. We change lives for the better. They are a medical technology company. And it was palpable, profound in what shifts have happened in how they show up with one another believing that the reason this team exists is, is to change lives for the better. It's opened up possibilities of where they're focusing and where they're taking their effort. So purpose is essential. It's what unifies a team around a common purpose. The third discipline is the discipline of what I call design, and that's designing our culture, our ways of working. How do we engage and relate when teaming together and apart and with all others? The fourth discipline is what I call the discipline to deliver, and that's what are those collective performance goals, you know, each individual and the collective hold themselves accountable for, which can only be achieved working interdependently. And here again, I'm often amazed how difficult teams find it to articulate what is it that collectively they're looking and can only accomplish. They can tell me the strategic objectives of the organization. That's not what the collective goals are. And the fifth discipline, which is probably the discipline that correlates most positively to the probability of shifting to become high performing, and that's the discipline to develop, to learn. And that's the responsibility individuals take for their own and each other's learning, growth, and success and how we learn from our individual and collective mistakes and successes and grow the collective wisdom. So these five disciplines represent the core elements of focus and learning that enables teams to transition to become more high performing and flourish. And there's a, a proprietary assessment I have and we assess the team before and then we look to where we're moving to and then 18 months, 24 months down the track, we come back and assess and, and see where the shifts have happened. And um, yeah, it's been just the most rewarding experience seeing these shifts in teams where they access more of their collective capacity and capability and achieve things they probably never thought possible. Is all the weight on the business owner's shoulders to instill that culture in the team? Is it up to him or her? Yeah. More typically in a cohesive functioning team, there's one leader in the room, the CEO. In a collaborative, high-performing, flourishing team, there are eight CEOs in the room. There are eight leaders in the room. They take collective 
responsibility. And this is, this is, again, just a very subtle distinction, you know, because cohesive teams will look to the CEO to set the agenda, look to the CEO to make the decision, look to the CEO to pull the one that needs, you know, addressing. No, no, cohesive teams, they take responsibility for themselves and each other. You know, they hold each other accountable for their performance and behavior, not the CEO. They hold themselves and each other accountable. So they are all, and I say all in inverted commas, all CEOs in the room. There's not just one leader in the room. That's Bernard DeSmit, author of Team Better Together, Five Disciplines of High-Performing Teams. This episode of Business Essentials Daily is produced by the team at Sound Cartel. Thanks for listening. I'm Nicole Goodman. We'll bring you more B Daily tomorrow. Follow at BE Daily Podcast across social media and head to bedaily.com.au for more from the Business Essentials Daily Podcast. Sound Cartel. This episode was brought to you by Mazars. To find out more, visit mazars.com.au. That's M A Z A R S dot com dot au.